So excited for that, and we're going to be concluding our I Am Thankful series. How many of you have been enjoying this series, I Am Thankful? How many are you thankful for this series? Thankful for this series. I know that uh, it's been an amazing series. Pastor Ruben bringing the Word of God, talking about how, how we are to be thankful inside of our life. Last Sunday was an amazing, amazing time. And if you didn't get to watch that sermon, I challenge you to go onto our New Harvest YouTube channel. Check out that sermon. Great, great uh, Word of the Lord. Very timely Word of God. And this morning, we're going to continue on that same vein, talking about I am thankful. And We've seen a lot of things going on online and social media with uh, the I am thankful hashtag. People say, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my dog. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my dinner. And a lot of things that people are thankful for. But this morning, I want to kind of go along a different vein, talking about things that we are to be thankful for too. But we could get in that place where you and I are thankful for everything God's doing in our life without being thankful for what God's doing in other people's lives. And I believe that there is a blessing tied into when you and I are thankful for what God's not just doing in our life, but what God's doing to the person that's sitting behind you, the person that your next door neighbor, the person that maybe that you said, you know what, I, I never talked to that person, but you see God doing a work inside of their life, and you're thankful for the blessings that God is bringing inside of their life too, because I want to say there is a blessing when you're thankful for what God is not just doing in your life, but what God is doing in other people's lives. Book of Mark chapter 14, verse 3, and I like what one man said. He said, a thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue, but it's the parent to all other virtues. Mark chapter 14, verse 3, the Bible says this, while he was in Bethany reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leopard, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why the waste of perfume? Everyone say, why the waste? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you can help them anytime you want but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. While we go in and pray, Lord, we thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for everything that you have done in our life. I pray right now, Lord, that I would decrease, Lord, and that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, Lord. I pray right now that you would challenge hearts, God, as you have been challenged hearts all throughout this month to be thankful for the things that you've done inside of our life. I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, strengthen lives, strengthen hearts. We bind the enemy, every strategy, every distraction that will try to hinder us, God, from, from worshiping you, Lord. We thank you that your presence is here in this place. Lord, and we give you all the glory, all the honor. We thank you that Satan is defeated and that your name is glorified, your name is exalted. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the honor. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. God is doing tremendous things in our life. We got many things to be thankful for what God's doing in our life. How many of us know that God is a blesser? Man, he's a blesser. He blesses our life. 
And, and you know what? We may not have all that we want, but we got all that we need. God is doing a work. God's doing a wonder inside of our life. And he does bless our life. And he does do miracles in our life. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, you are blessed. And turn to your other neighbor and say, you're blessed too. And then some of you wives are saying, oh, yeah, you're real blessed because I'm with you. I'm your blessing. I am your biggest blessing. We go, well, we're, you men, you should be saying amen. Thank you, Jesus. God has blessed me. Some of you men, you want to you have a good night. You're clapping. You're clapping. You're going, thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed. <laughs> but God has blessed us so, so many ways. He's blessed us financially, materially. He's blessed us with things inside of our life that, that God has done. He's blessed us with experiences. Uh, he's blessed us with all kinds of certain things, certain dynamics inside of our life. But God has blessed us not to hoard the blessings, not to just keep on to the blessings, but God has blessed us to be a blessing. God has blessed us to be a blessing to others inside of our life. And right here in this text, we see an awesome story about this woman with an alabaster jar, something very costly perfume. This nard was very expensive. They said it came from the Himalayan mountains, this nard. It was a very expensive uh, 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 perfume that she had. She had this perfume, and the Bible says she came to Jesus' feet. She broke the, the perfume and the fragrance, the fragrance filled, filled the room. How many of us know that when you and I have a thankful heart, we fill the room with the fragrance? And when you and I have an ungrateful heart, there's a fragrance that's released as well, but it's like a B.O. fragrance that's coming through the building. It's like you could smell somebody who's unthankful. And the devil wants you smelling like that. Walking in, in, in the fragrance of thankfulness, you set off an aroma in the church. When you come into the house of God and you are raising your hands and you're thankful and you're praising God, you're setting off an aroma throughout the sanctuary. You're setting off aroma in the sanctuary. You're, there's something taking place when you're raising your hands and thanking you, the Lord. And, and even when you're going through the rough times and you're giving God the sacrifice of thanksgiving, there's a stronger aroma that's being set forth in the house of God. And today, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going through some things. You're going through some things in your life right now, but you're still giving God the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and you're setting off an aroma to the Lord Jesus Christ that the Lord smells, what you, smells your attitude. He smells an attitude of gratitude when you and I are coming to the Lord with thanksgiving and praise. The Bible says that this woman with an alabaster jar, she broke it at Jesus' feet and set off an aroma in this house, and that's what happens when you and I are blessed, being a blessing with the things that God blesses us with. See, this was very valuable to the girl. This was something that was given to her um, by her parents. Many scholars say that at this time, these, these alabaster jars were given to girls when they were young girls. And what they were to do with it is they were to get that alabaster jar and give it to the man they were going to marry. Now, we know that this woman didn't marry Jesus because we know that Jesus, that he never got married. The Bible says that Jesus, he lived a pure life. He lived a, he lived a life just focused on the kingdom. But she broke this as a sacrifice, as a sacrifice to Jesus saying, God, I'm willing to lay everything, every, everything that's valuable to me at your feet. And that points us to something that when you and I are thankful for what God has done in your life, you're willing to give everything to Jesus. Everything to Jesus. You know, recently we made a pledge for our building. We painted the building. The building looks amazing outside. Man. Wow. 
It looks great. I, you know, the, color, uh, the colors look awesome. It's just the beginning of what we're going to do here at our building. But you know what? When Pastor picked the pledges last month, how many of us, the devil was lying to us, saying, oh, man, pledges. What a sacrifice. Christmas time is coming. Thanksgiving's coming. But what did you think? You thought about how good God has been to you. You thought about how gracious God has been in your life. You thought about his mercy and his blessing. If you're here today and you haven't made a pledge, shame on you. (laughs) We'll be praying for you today. (laughs) But you missed out on a blessing. You missed out on a blessing that God wanted to give you in your life. And so when you look at the building now, you could go, you know what? That wall right there was painted because of what I did for the kingdom of God. You say, you know what, that sacrifice that I gave, now I'm seeing what God is doing inside of our life. But I wonder, you can never put a price tag on what Jesus has done on your life. An alabaster jar broken at the feet of Jesus, blessed to be a blessing. I want to challenge you today to bless somebody, today. Whether it's give them a Holy Ghost handshake and don't give it to me. But give it to somebody that God lays on your heart. You say, well, Pastor, what's a Holy Ghost handshake? Holy Ghost handshake is where you have at least $20 in your hand, maybe 100 and you go shake somebody's hand and say, the Lord just put me to my heart to bless you. So maybe God might lay $500 on your heart. A thousand. But how many of us know that when you and I give, we're going to get blessed? God blesses us to be a blessing. He doesn't just bless us to hoard all our wealth and hold on to it and say, you know, I'm going to hold on to all this. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, never lose this. No, God has blessed us to be a blessing. Pastor Ruben was talking about that last week when he said, God bless you with chips and salsa. You got to eat it so you can get some more. Some of you are just looking at your chips and salsa and just saying, oh, I wonder how it tastes. You need to eat it because God wants to bless you with more. For example, in Palm Beach, Florida, in the 1950s, there was this woman who lived a life of a hoarder. She passed away, and she would go, and she would ask for clothes at different neighbors' houses, Finally, the detectives went to her house. They opened the door. They began to look throughout her house. It was a pig's pen. It was messy, this woman's house. It was all tore up. Full of trash, full of newspaper clippings. They began to look through this woman's house, and they began to find different things. And they found two keys, two keys to safe deposit box at a local bank. They went to those safe deposit boxes. They opened them up, and what they found in there was astounding. They found Stock certificates for AT&T, almost $250,000 in one, one of those boxes. They opened another box and found nearly $600,000 inside of this box. This woman was a wealthy woman. This woman had a lot of money. This woman, she could have lived a very good life. But you know what? She chose to live a life of a hoarder. Why? Because she didn't accept the blessings that God had placed inside of our life. You and I, we can live that same life of a hoarder. When God wants to bless us, he wants us to walk in those blessings. He wants us to enjoy the chips and salsa that he has given us. Blessed to be a blessing. See, when you and I hoard the things that God has blessed, you and I, we lose out on the blessings that God wants to give us. The book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, the word of God reads like this. It says, one person gives freely. Everyone say, give freely. Yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. How many of us know we don't want to be a cheapskate? 
But you and I, we want to be a blessing. That's why today God has challenges. Some of, maybe you don't have no money, but you can encourage someone. Maybe you say, I don't have that much money. No, God has blessed you with enough to bless someone. Maybe go bless someone with some lunch today. Maybe go bless someone with a hamburger today. Maybe go bless someone with, I don't know, red lobster today. Be a blessing to someone. See, because when you and I give, we gain. The Bible says a generous person will prosper. Let's say that as a church. A generous person will prosper. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. How many want to be refreshed this morning? You want to be refreshed. I challenge you to refresh someone else because when you refresh someone else, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get refreshed. Because there's a blessing when you and I give. When you and I give, we gain. Every time we give, we gain. The enemy will come to us and say, why are you pledging? Why are you giving your tithes? Why are you giving an offering? Why are you blessing that person? Why don't you just hold on to what you have? Why don't you be a tightwad? Why don't you be stingy? Why don't you be kodo? And God says what? Release. 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 There's blessings that come when you and I release to to, to others, when you and I release to the poor, when you and I release to those who are less fortunate, when you guys, when you go buy that kid some shoes that needs a pair of shoes, God blesses your life. God blesses your life. We, we don't want to hoard the blessings. The Bible says be generous and God will bless our lives. Christians as believers, if you and I are thankful, guess what's one of the things that takes place when we're thankful? We're generous. We're generous. We're, we're generous people. We're like, you know what? I want to bless that person that God has placed in my heart. I want to bless that person. The Bible says this, it's a greater blessing to be a blessing. It's a greater blessing to be a blessing. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, and in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. They did a study um, that was posted in the Washington Post about two years ago about people who um, were going to get uh, blessed with money going into their bank account are also, they're going to get money, but it's going to get placed into their favorite charity. And they put an MRI scan on these people. And they found out something very interesting, the way the brain responds to that the way that these participants, their brain responded to it, it was very interesting because they got more blessed when they seen money going into their charity than money going into their bank account. And some of you might be saying, man, that sounds kind of weird. You know what, we need to do an MRI scan on you today before the service is over. Find out what's going wrong, what's going wrong in your head. Just play. This morning, God has called us to be blessing. That confirms the word of Jesus Christ where he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. When you and I give to others, what does it do? It opens up the round for you and I to step into the supernatural. Because the natural mind does not understand the things of the spirit. See, natural mind says, I'm going to have less. The natural mind says, where's the next check going to come from? The natural mind says, man, I'm losing out. The natural mind says, I want to be stingy. But the spiritual mind says, I want to give. The spiritual mind opens up our eyes to see the power of God inside of our life. For example... This last pledge, um, we made the pledge, me and my wife, we made the pledge, we were driving off, and 
we were, we were driving off home, and we were right here at this light right here on Imperial and Orendale. And I remember one of my sons, uh, I told my wife, yeah, we made that pledge. She goes, well, I made the pledge too. And we were both talking about it. And you know what one of my sons said? He said, God is going to bless you guys. And I said to myself, I said, Lord, thank you for that word. I received it. I said, okay, I received that word for my son. But let me say this. I, I, I went home. I was thinking about that word because how many of us know the devil's a liar? He wants us in that natural mind. He wants us in that carnal mind. He wants us not thinking of the things of the spirit. He said, no, the Lord's going to bless you. Let me say this. The Lord blesses his people. The Lord blesses his people. When you and I step out in faith, God will always bless us because he blesses us to be a blessing. And there's more that you and I gain when you and I give. You don't lose when you give. You gain when we give to the kingdom of God and to those less fortunate um, the next point this morning is this, something very critical that we all need to understand is this, nothing is wasted at the feet of Jesus. Nothing is wasted at the feet of Jesus. Now, you see the, the, the example of the disciples, the Bible says this, it says, why the waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. Um, and the money given to the poor, they made it sound really spiritual, huh? The money could have been given to the poor, Jesus, and they rebuked her harshly. Look what Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, leave Jesus alone. Leave the woman alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. Now, we see the first thing that, the, that, that Judas and some of the disciples, they began to do is criticize. Criticize the blessing that this woman had laid at the feet of Jesus. How many of you, you've you done something extravagant for Jesus, and all of a sudden you get home and somebody in the house begins to criticize you? How many of you have done something extravagant for Jesus? Maybe you served God faithfully in a ministry for, for 10 years, 20 years, and maybe the devil comes and he begins to criticize you, say, man, what, what a waste. What, what a waste. So we have those on the outside, but then that same criticism could come into our head where the devil would begin to tell you, man, you wasted your life at the feet of Jesus, you know, doing the Royal Rangers all those years. You wasted your life at the feet of Jesus, all, all the... The donations you've made for the kingdom of God, you know, look, look at what you're going through right now. Look at what's going on with your health right now. Look, what's, well, look what you're facing in your family. You've wasted all that, and, and, and look at your circumstance today. And the devil will begin to criticize you, and the, the people, even people around will begin to criticize you for the things that you've laid extravagantly at the feet of Jesus. Another thing that we see about these these men, they began to calculate. They began to calculate the gift. They said it could have been a, a year's worth of wages. That's around $20,000. They were complaining because of this gift. They began to calculate. They began to calculate the gift that this woman had given. They criticized. They calculated. And then they began to convict her. The Bible says that they rebuked her harshly. They said, why did you do that for Jesus? Why, why did you, you lay out that, that costly perfume at the feet of Jesus? And Jesus said some awesome words. He says, leave her alone. Leave her alone. She has done a beautiful thing for me. And she says something really awesome that you and I could take to the bank. Guess what it is, church, is this, is that what she's done will be a 
memorial for her. And wherever the gospel is preached, this story will be told. So that shows us something really amazing, that everything we do extravagantly at the feet of Jesus, when we come to Jesus, say, Jesus, I lay this at your feet, my life, my heart, this ministry, God, this money, I lay it at your feet, God, and I lay it extravagantly at your life, my singlehood, my marriage, my life. Although those people are saying, what a waste, you're living that pure life, oh, what a waste of you giving that money, oh, what a waste, and what a waste. And what way? No, this is my life, and I'm laying it, I'm breaking it at your feet, Jesus. Lord, you can have my alabaster jar. And the Bible says that wherever the gospel is preached, that this story will be told. And over 2,000 years later, this woman's gift is still being preached about. This woman's gift. And that encourages me for eternity because how many of us know it's nice to get a pat on the back for when you give to others, but it's another thing when you get a pat on the back from the Most High God, when you get a pat on the back from God Almighty, and you know that your gift will never, ever be forgotten because nothing is wasted at the feet of Jesus. Nothing's wasted at the feet of Jesus. Double lie and say, man, what a waste, and, and what a waste, and that was dumb what you did, and you look so stupid, and, and well, you know, why did you waste this, and why did you waste that? You know what we could tell the devil? Stop bothering me. This is for Jesus, and nothing is wasted at his feet. Years ago, I remember years ago, they picked up a pledge, and it was a significant amount, but the pastor did something interesting. You, you know, it hardly happens. And he said, I want those who make that pledge amount to come up here. And I made the pledge amount. So I went up there. I walked up to the platform, and there was hundreds of people behind us. I was not really trying to make this. I wasn't trying to make a statement. I wasn't trying to look good. But I remember I got there, and I thought there was going to be a crowd of people up there. But it was only me and another guy. I remember standing here. I was right there, and I was like, oh. And I was waiting to open my eyes to see a big crowd of people. And I look, and there's nobody there. And there's one guy right here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I look so stupid. I remember going home and thinking about, man, you just try to make yourself look good. Man, you just made that big old pledge, and everyone probably thinks you're not going to pay it. <laughs> they thought you were just trying to look like a good old pastor. But I want to tell you, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. And you know the only thing that should have been different that night? There should have been more people up at that altar. That's the, that's the thing that should have been different that night. There should have been more people up there because God was going to bless them. God has blessed us to be a blessing. There's nothing that's wasted at the feet of Jesus Christ. Nothing is wasted at the feet of Jesus. You know... The one who was making a big stink about this was Judas. He said, man, why, why are the ways? We could, have, we could have sold this money for the poor. And you know the interesting thing, right after this, Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. You and I, we're always going to have critics. But when you lay something at the feet of Jesus, don't, don't 
worry about those who are calculating and don't worry about those who are criticizing and don't worry about those who are trying to convict. If it's laid at the feet of Jesus and you know your heart, the Bible says this woman, her tears, her tears, she was wiping Jesus with her tears. She was thankful for what God has done inside of her life. Nothing in God's economy is ever wasted. Even failure, we can learn a lesson in humility. Nothing is wasted at the feet of Jesus. This woman, she was driven to Jesus for forgiveness. She was driven to Jesus for mercy. She was driven to Jesus. Why? Because of her love for Christ. Oh, my gosh. That's why this woman was driven to Jesus. She was thankful for his mercy. She was thankful for his love. She was thankful for all those things that God had done in her life. And that's why she was willing to break that at the feet of Jesus. See, this is the thing between her and Judas. See, Judas was driven to Jesus for prestige. Judas was driven to Jesus for position. Judas was driven to Jesus for prosperity, for all these things. This woman, she said, no, I'm going to Jesus because I, I, love, his, I love him. I love him. I, he's all I want. See, in our walk with God, there's going to be those good times and there's going to be those hard times. Right? We're going to have those good times and those hard times. In, in the midst of those things in our life, there's going to be moments in our life where, where we go, you know what, God, I thought that by serving you by now, I would have maybe this position, or maybe I would have this right here, or maybe that right here. And the devil, how many know the devil will come to us and say, hey, you should have more. You've been faithful. But you know what keeps us in those times is our love for Jesus. Our love for Jesus. That's what keeps us. Because this is the thing. He's the blessing. He is the blessing. He's so good. You waste it all at the feet of Jesus is no waste. You lay your whole life at the feet of Jesus. It's ne never a waste. Because he is the blessing. He is the reward. He is the sustainer. He is our fortress, our high tower. He is all those things in our life. He is all those things. He is the reason. He is, he is the person. He is the, he is the blessing. He is the true blessing. He is the one that, you know what, fulfills us and, and fills us with supernatural joy that this, this world can never compare with what Jesus will do inside of our life. Oh, man. When, and you just think about how good he's been to us. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. Man, that's awesome. He's forgiven us of every single one of our sins. This woman, she came to Jesus, she broke the alabaster jar, and the fragrance, the fragrance filled the house. This morning, I want to talk about the fragrance that's released through gratitude. The first fragrance, it comes through brokenness. Everyone say brokenness. The Bible says in Psalms 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near unto those that are brokenhearted and saves those of a contrite spirit. How vital it is that you and I come to God with brokenness for our sin. Brokenness, true repentance, saying, you know, I'm never going to go back to that sin. That woman, she came. She came broken before the feet of Jesus. She broke the alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus. When you and I come broken before the Lord, God's able to work inside of our life. And every single one of us, we need to repent every single day. Why? Because every day we sin. Every day we need the grace of God. We need to repent for bad attitudes, for attitudes of ingratitude, for all kinds of things inside of our life. But when you and I say, God, I repent, how many of us know that God meets us in our brokenness? 
He meets us in our brokenness. And that's why it's so important that our heart, there's a cleansing stream flowing through this heart. We can't let our heart get hard. But we have to break it before the feet of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need your strength. I need your forgiveness. I need you in my life. I need you inside of my life. Fragrance. Today, when you go home, you repent. Even right now at your seat, you repent. There's a fragrance that's going to come across those who are sitting next to you. Why? Because there's something released when you and I have brokenness inside of our life. The second fragrance that you and I see is a fragrance that comes through sacrifice. Sacrifice. The Apostle Paul, he said, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. That you and I say, God, I'm going to live my life holy to you. I'm going to live a life of holiness to you, God. The Bible says without holiness we will not see God. We will not see the face of God. The Bible also says be holy for he is holy. That you and I, when we repent, we say, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come inside of my life. Because you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit makes us holy. Sanctifying work of God inside of our life. Because we're not the same people we used to be. We know that. We open up the door and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And this morning, all throughout this place, I just challenge you, raise your hand. Raise your hands this morning. Say this. Say these words with me. Say, Holy Spirit, have your way inside of my heart and my mind in my life, and he will, he will. As the music team makes their way up here this morning, Holy Spirit, have your way. The Bible says that what he does is he begins to transform us. There's a metamorphosis that takes place inside of our life. When you and I say, God, have your way, Holy Spirit, have your way, and we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. Now, in the Old Testament, when the people of God would bring a sacrifice, whether it be a cow or um, a lamb. The Bible says they would bring it into this, this outer court where the tabernacle of the Lord was. And the Bible says they would lay the bull or the, the cow or the lamb at the altar. And the Bible says that what happened was fire would come at times it consumed that sacrifice. There was always fire involved, and what it represented is a purging, a holiness there. Now, easily, the fire could have dropped out in the country, but it never did. Never fell over a cow while he was coming in. It was not until he came to the altar, until he came to the altar that God met with him. And this morning, this altar, there's, there's spiritual significance to this. There really is. That, you know, God could meet us out there, but there's something powerful that takes place when we come to the altar. It's a demonstration of faith, and it's a demonstration of obedience to God. And so when you come up to God and say, God, I come with a sacrifice of thanksgiving to you, and you come to the altar, you know what you're saying, God, I want to what? I want to confirm this. I, I want this to take place in my life. There's something awesome that takes place in this altar. That's why it's so important that we don't let fear or insecurity or embarrassment rob us from coming to the altar of Jesus Christ. Coming to the altar. 